0: The Softball Insider Podcast with Bianca Chatfield. Thanks to Kumo Tire, Kumo defines itself through innovation, quality and customer satisfaction. So your car will be better always when fitted with a set of Kumos. They take care of the tyres so you can focus on driving. Head to kumo.com.au to locate your nearest Kumo experts today. Welcome to the Softball Insider Podcast, all thanks to Kumo Tire. Now this is your chance all you softball fans to get to know the players a little bit more i know you get to watch them out there playing but there's always a story behind the athlete that i think is so so important and something that i find so interesting too now today's guest i know we always try and bring you some of the stars of the game and today is no exception today's guest in New South Wales at the moment. Now she took off, took up softball, I believe, as a six-year-old because her mum and her sister absolutely loved the game and she wanted to be a part of it. She has travelled all over the world. She's lived a pretty incredible life for someone so young and made her debut for the Aussie Spirit uh, in 2019 in Blacktown. And I can't wait to find out all about her career so far. Please welcome Tali Moore. Woohoo! Thanks for coming on. Yeah. No worries, it's great to be here. Now Tali, let's start off with what you're doing right now because we know we talk about this topsy-turvy world and we had Kaya Parnaby on our last podcast. Now she was in lockdown in Japan. Uh, I'm actually in lockdown in Brisbane in a government hotel at the moment. Where are you in the world and how are you coping with this crazy, crazy time? Well
1: I'm in Sydney and it's Pretty wild because I think this is the longest I've been in Australia since I was in high school. So I'm going a bit mad, to be honest, Um, itching to get out on a plane to go somewhere. Um, But it's been a pretty interesting year. So starting off the year, having all the plans to go overseas for a couple of months, play in America and Japan, obviously not happening anymore due to COVID. Um, But since that, I've just been working full time and then training on top of that. I was able to set up a gym in my garage while COVID was in full blow. Like full lockdown so that was pretty good Um, but yeah so just everything all the things are happening
0: and we'll get to your work because I find that really fascinating anyway what I know about it so far we'll get to that soon (laughs) let's take it way 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 back to your early days was it as a six year old was I right was that when you first started playing softball I think so yeah
1: it's hard to remember because I've been around the diamond since I was born so mum played and still does play so I was me and my brother were those little kids in the trolley getting like minded. It was free babysitting for my mum to bring us home on the weekends. So I think it was in 2001 or 2000 when I started but yeah,
0: whole life. And when you finally got to go out there, what was it that you thought, yeah, I just love this and I feel like I'm going to play this for a long time.
1: I don't know. I'm, I, I've just always really enjoyed it and I love knowing why things happen and, kind of figuring out the rules on how I can like not cheat but like kind of use the rules to my advantage so it's something that I've always been able to like just really enjoyed and have always been good at so I just kept rolling with it and as I've gotten older yeah I used it to get a scholar well used it to get a scholarship in the states and get an education in that sense and travel and then yeah it's just
0: led me around the world so can't give it up. Now, I'm not going to let you brush over just all those little details. Oh, yeah, went to America, got a scholarship, rah, rah, rah. rah. Because that is actually, I think, the real stuff that we all want to know. Um, softball, it means that you do have to travel quite a lot. You do have to leave your families. You do have to be on the road. Uh, how tough is it? And, and was it a difficult decision to make that first move overseas?
1: Um, not particularly. So... I'm always a person that if there's an opportunity that's really cool, I'm going to do it. Like I'll find a way to do it. Like it'll happen. So I got a message from Kerry Sheehan um, when I was in year 12, asking if I was interested in playing in the States. And I was like, Oh yeah, like maybe like send me some information. Um, And I spoke to the head coach and like, so that was pretty much how that happened. I didn't really go through the recruiting stage because I never thought Honestly, never thought I would play at this level. I thought I would just like kind of get through the state levels and as a junior, and then kind of dwindle off, do the regular uni thing in Sydney, and do everything else in life. Um, but the opportunity came to go to the states, and I couldn't say no. I was I was given a full ride scholarship to go to Virginia, and I'm not really one to shy away from doing something if it's leaving family. Unfortunately, we have technology these days that you can just call mum when you're homesick. So it's pretty easy. I've, I, never got, I never had the thought of this is too hard and I wanted to come home. So that, I'm pretty headstrong in that sense. So,
0: What was the biggest difference from being a softballer in Australia to then being a softballer over at college? I'm surely the training expectations, all of that, were just at a totally different level. Oh, it, was, it was a
1: rude awakening. Um, I am a pretty small human. So I'd never been in a weight room prior to going to college. So those first couple months was really tough. I just remember I couldn't walk up the hill to my, like my dorm sometimes. It was just, it was too far. Um, but my legs were just so sore and the the hours of training that they do and that they've done throughout high school and travel ball, like they've just done so many more hours of softball or like than what we can get done in Australia. So like in Australia, it's like, oh yeah, we'll train and then we'll play like super chill. But in America, like if you're not putting in 110% in practice, you're not going to play on the weekend. So I really had to kind of pull my head out and really focus on it and still balance study as well because you're a student athlete. Um, but yeah, no, it was completely different. And yeah, still to this day, I don't know how I got through that first year. What were you? What did you study? I studied geographic science um I was the only athlete at the time that did that um but I really enjoyed it was that something you were
0: passionate about or how does that come about that you're like yep yeah, that's exactly what I want to do when I get there
1: uh it was something that I've always been interested in geography and it's something I haven't really had to try hard at um so I just understand it I like how things work I like how there's systems and you've got to follow them and you don't you can't change geography. You can't change how the earth works. So I don't know. It was, it was something that kind of just came easy and I went, Oh yeah. And, and it, I made sure it transferred back to Australia as well. So you can't really study medicine over there or physiotherapy because it doesn't exactly transfer back into Australia. So I needed to make sure it was something that was international.
0: And that's something that we probably don't understand here too. The, the college system over there, you have to study and you have, do you have to get certain grades to be able to keep your softball scholarship or how does that all work?
1: So technically for the NCAA, you have to have a minimum 1.8 GPA, which is like all Ds, which is like not good marks. Um, but yeah. our team pretty much had, if you had a below a 3.0 GPA, so B average, um, you had to have a tutor. Um, and our coach tried to push us to keep a higher GPA. Um, and we all had mandatory study hall hours and our study hall area was right next to our training facility. So like the days in college, it would be a five 11 wake up. Cause every minute counted in the morning, get the, <laughs> get in your car, drive to train. Everything was seven minutes away. I was in Harrisonburg, Virginia at James Madison. And so it was a smaller D one um but yeah so get up in the morning drive to the gym get changed do every like do your whole gym session finish by i think we were done by like seven thirty each day and then if you had an 8 a.m class you had to like get on the bus and go straight to your class um i tried to avoid the 8 am's, um so <laughs> I, I went for the more the nine ten o'clock start because then you could go have a nap um pivotal like it, i perfected the five minute nap like it was incredible. Um, but yeah, and then you'd be in classes all day because you had to take at least 12 credit hours, um, which is four classes. I normally took 15, so five classes. Um, and then, yeah, and then we turn around, and have training from like two to five every day. And then we'd back it up with study hall and you had to try and find somewhere to eat in the middle of it where you're not too hungry for training, but not too full to like throw up when you're practicing. So it was a juggle. It was interesting.
0: Were there any other Australians over there with you at the time?
1: Um, so I actually had Molly Mean in there when I was, um, a senior, she was a freshman. Um, so that was kind of nice. We have really different accents though. So they would be like, wait, you're both from Australia, but you both sound so different. I'm like, yeah, I I don't know. It's like, we literally grew up like 20 minutes away from each other and our accents are very different, but no, it was really interesting to have her there. There was a golfer and a tennis player that were Australian as well. So it was, I could always hear them from a mile away as well. So I'd hear them come down the hall at study hall and i just kind of smile and go, oh, they're they're on their way. I would come say hi. So it was good.
0: Now, one thing I did skip over before when I was reading your bio, I was fascinated to hear that you not only represented Australia at junior level, but you also represented Great Britain. Is that right? How did that come about?
1: Yeah, so my under-19s was... Well, I just missed out on the Aussie team, my last year of 19s, which was the worlds in Canada. And I was really upset. And my mom's like, look, your dad's British. You can technically play for Great Britain. Like, is that something you'd be interested in? And I did that. No, like, if I'm not going to do it for Australia, I'm not going to do it at all. But then she was like, well, If that's the level you wanna play at, then this is an opportunity for you. And as I said before, if there's a cool opportunity, like I'm gonna do it. So I emailed them, sent them a video and they're like, yep, cool, we want you. And yeah, went and played for Great Britain for the junior year in Canada. Played, let off, played every game at second or short and played really well. It was really nice. Um, And then the following year, I played for Great Britain again at the Women's Worlds in Holland. So I played against the Australians as I think that was my debut in international opens. Um, yeah. played. I can, it's one of the only games that I can remember from that tournament as well because Ellen Roberts was pitching. I went to high school with her. So, so I'm batting against Ellen and I have this like slap shot and Stacey Mack must've jumped like six feet in the air to catch this ball. I was so mad, but yeah. So yeah. So I played for Great Britain and then it was hard to kind of manage that with going to Australia back in the summers or like going to European. So I, I kind of dwindled off that and then kind of refocused and went, no, I want to play for Australia. So, and you have to have two years off between playing for different countries. So that was, yeah, it's worked out nicely.
0: What a selection process too. you just can send in a video and they go, Oh yeah, yeah. Come on into the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've, you've got a passport. Yeah. Cool. Come on gosh how easy that would be right now if that's how you could get into a team um also a massive thing that stood out to me is that you seem like you have been a very resilient athlete you've had to be a very resilient athlete so there's no doubt that you knew that I would touch on this today but in 2017 now I want to get the wording right because I think you said it was a really gnarly incident or something yep. ridiculous can you talk us through what happened from the very start of when you started knowing something wasn't right to when you actually found out what was wrong with you mm-hmm.
1: so I'll go a little bit before then um, so just to put it in kind of give everyone the picture in January of 2017 was my first Open Women's Nationals um, so I debuted in the women's space in that area and um, played well, won Rookie of the Year, was on cloud nine, like went back to America for my senior year, was super excited to play, like was playing awesome. And then one month into playing my last season, I was I was out. So my shoulder just felt really tight. I, like mm-hmm. the trap just felt really tight and like my elbow was kind of hurting and then it kind of felt swollen and I just, something was off. Like I, I didn't know what was going on. But I just knew something wasn't right, so I spoke to like my trainer. and Was like, "This is happening. Like my arms kind of swollen. Like I don't know what's going on." And she spoke to our doctor. We were in Florida at the time um, for some of our preseason games because it snowed in Virginia, so we couldn't play our preseason games in Virginia. Um, so we drive drive to Florida on a big bus. One time, it took oh, us thirty gosh. hours to get there. Oh. That's the whole story. yeah, yeah. Lizards and driving on a bus not fun. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't recommend, but yeah, so I, so we're in Florida and my strength and conditioning coach or SNC trainer, it calls our head doctor back in Virginia and they're like, nah, get her to emergency right away. So yeah. So I had to go to a hospital in Florida and they did a quick test and they didn't, they didn't think it was anything because it, it was like getting swollen and red and purple my right arm and then when I get there it looked normal. Mm-hmm. So it was there was like, oh no, it's just a muscle strain. Like we'll just give you some muscle relaxers and <clears throat> some baby aspirin. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I was like, any second opinion. Um so went back to Virginia. I played my last games in East Carolina University. Um I ran a base or something. Like that was the last time I got to actually play. And then we got back to Virginia. We had a snowstorm coming that weekend. My doctor sent me to the hospital again. Drove myself to the hospital, and as I'm laying on the table getting an ultrasound on my shoulder, she's like, "Oh, yep, I can see what we're like. See what he's talking about? Yep, I can see that." I was like, "And I just knew something was wrong." And I was by myself as well, so I'd get a phone call, and he's like, "Yep." Yeah. So we found a blood clot. Like, we're gonna have to like pretty much escalate this and we'll send you to uva to like have some more scans and we'll look in to see what the options are and that like i'm listening to him like bawling my eyes out but like trying just to listen um but yeah so then the next day a couple of days later like i'm at the hospital like in um blacksburg so in virginia um the university of virginia and, yeah, I'm in there. I get a few procedures done that night. I stay overnight. And the next morning I wake up and there's, like, a bunch of doctors in front of me. And I was like, okay, hi. Um, and they're and like, okay, so we're going to have surgery. Like, we're going to book you in. And I was like, ha, no. And at this point I hadn't really spoken to my mum. And right. it was when I was still in Florida. I This is a horrible daughter move. Please don't ever <laughs> do this to your mum. I went do we have any um, blood clot history in our family? And she went, no, why? I will talk to you soon. And left it. Oh, I felt oh, so bad. And it, was, and it must have been like 3 a.m. back in Sydney
0: because it was like a 13-hour
1: time difference or something. And, yeah, so no history in, of it. And, yeah, so coming back. So doctors are there like, okay, yep, we're going to schedule you for surgery. And, like, talking about me, what's going to happen. And then I just went, stop. Like, unless I'm going to die right now, my mum needs to be here. And they went, okay, well, when can she get here? And I think it was Thursday at the time. I went, okay, cool. So she can get on the plane now. She'll get here by Saturday so we can start Monday. Um, we, and they went, okay, cool. We'll book the surgery for next Thursday. So within a week, mum dropped everything and flew over. didn't tell my family. I didn't really want them to worry or know what was going on. I I don't like a pity party so I was just like no I'm just gonna figure it out and yeah so she came over I had the surgery um, so yes I had a blood clot in my vein so it's thoracic outlet syndrome which then so your first rib that goes down like this they cut mine here um, so that the vein the artery and the nerve that go through there have some more space um yeah so they cut that out I had a few issues afterwards my lung collapsed and like it was just a lot um I was there for probably three nights and then mum stayed with me for four weeks I think it was she's a legend she slept on an air mattress in my little like dorm room while I was like sleeping like a little um corpse like on my bed so she was a legend because I wasn't allowed to drive or anything so she had to drive me around um but yeah so and I didn't really tell anyone what was going on when I was over there at all like people when I came back they went yeah you kind of just like didn't show up in any more of the games and I was like yeah because uh I
0: had a surgery (laughs) like that is so typical of an athlete I think too (laughs) is you know we like the attention when we're when things are going well and, you know, the team gets the attention for winning something, but yeah, quite often when it's on us personally, we, we don't want it. We don't, we want to be able to cope with it on our own. We, I can only imagine how hard that would have been that phone call to your mum when she was back in Australia, being so far away. It was how amazing that she got to go over there with you and to be with you to help you through that. Can obviously a huge part of playing softball is Mm -hmm. using your arm, right? That's a massive part (laughs) of it so do they know what caused it and and then how long did it take to get you back on track
1: um so there's no real like single cause it's more so like the how much throwing i'd done like throughout my life how much travel weightlifting being on a laptop like all these factors combined um just led to a lot of scar tissue on the vein and leading to the blood clot and i was really angry because I was like everyone else on my team has done the same amount of like stuff as me. And why, why is it me? Why, why, why? So it was pretty, it was really tough. And then you, I'm sure you tap into this soon, but like, and then actually the day that I got out of surgery, I found out that I got into the master's program that I applied for, which was in Malta. (laughs) So I went, this is a sign I've got to do it. And it was kind of like getting away from expectations because if I'd stayed in America, then I would have, like, had expectations to, like, get back into the sport or do things. Or if I came back to Australia, there was the what happened? Like, what are you going to do now? Are you going to play softball again? Like, there was – I just didn't want expectations and I just wanted to be Tali. Like, I didn't want to be the little injured person that used to play softball. So, yeah, I moved to Malta to try and get away. But it took me a good year and a half to be able to throw
0: – two consecutive days wow that is that is massive isn't it to Mm. think that it took that long did the doctors tell you at the time that you would be able to come back and play or were you not expecting to come back and play at all
1: I was told I'd never do a push-up again
0: oh wow yeah that is incredible we always talk about the physical side of being an athlete and you know athletes are very good at doing all the rehab they need to do and ticking off all the training program they have to do i imagine for you the mental side of it and being able to cope with what you've been dealt and also then being able to figure out how you're going to get yourself in a positive mindset to be able to start throwing again and you know it's risky and you and you're not sure what's going to happen next how did you how did you deal with that and how did you prepare yourself just to take on those next challenges
1: um well, as I said, I ran away to Malta to avoid all of it. Um, so, But when I came back to Australia, well, actually, I went to Holland to play after that and kind of got my confidence back with some people that I knew. Like I was comfortable, you know, okay, I'm not at my best right now, but this is a really good space to kind of safely and comfortably work, work on myself. Um, and then when I came back to Australia, I was fortunate enough to make the Aussie team again after – a fair amount of hard work and I was able to connect with our um wellbeing coach um D and I've been working with a site like a sports site for the last about year now and there's definitely a lot of a lot of old scars that I needed to kind of develop and um yeah get to where I am now.
0: So isn't it like a psych is just as important coach in an athlete's life as what your coach to the team is isn't it just to even oh 100% brief and get little tools and tricks that you can help to keep your mind on track
1: yeah especially when you play a game where a good batting average is three out of ten like you're <laughs> gonna fail seven times like you've got to learn how to be mentally strong to play
0: this game and if you're not you're just gonna crumble So playing your first game after all of that for the Travelodge Aussie Spirit, what was that like to know how far you'd come, but just to be able to go out there, sing the national anthem and just lap up that achievement of making it into the team?
1: It was surreal. And like Porter gave me my hat. I had the girls on the team that it was just so nice. And my parents were able to be there. My family were able to watch and And it just felt right. Like, it felt that I'd done all the work, I'd been through hell and back, and I made a goal and I did it. So I was just, I was over the moon.
0: That's so awesome. I love hearing that. It gives me shivers. Just, (laughs) I know how emotional it is for any athlete to make their debut, let alone when it's been such an uphill battle for you. Do you notice any effects? Like you were showing me with rib was removed. (laughs) Do you notice any effects you have to train differently to protect yourself. Ah, uh,
1: not particularly. Um, I did at the beginning. It, there was a lot. Of, there's still a lot of scar tissue, like in the front of my shoulder. Got a nice ten centimeter scar on my chest now as well. Her name's Gertrude, Gertie for short. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, no real issues anymore. Just, yeah, just, just there. Now it's just my shoulder. And they took out the rib, which had was causing the issues. So now there's more space for the
0: inside things to work. So 2020 has probably been a walk in the park for you, hasn't it?
1: It it actually brought up the same type of like, not PTSD, but like the same type of like emotions of like, I lost the game. It got taken away from me again. Like that type of mentality, which was really tough to be honest. Um, But again, I've been working through it and I've been fortunate to not be alone this time. So to have everyone going through the same thing, and going okay i've been through this before what did i do how like how can i help with my experience help my teammates get through this as well but also take care of myself first
0: yeah and that is exactly why we play a team sport isn't it because to go through the highs is great with your teammates but the lows that's when you really lean on each other and we've been speaking to other teammates of yours and talking about what you've been doing uh, with each other on zoom and all of that other stuff so can you tell us what you've been doing to try and keep everyone up and about is there anything you've been adding into the schedule um
1: well yesterday as a team we played bingo that was fun (laughs) no (laughs) i didn't i I don't think any of us actually knew the rules of bingo which uh, I don't know we just haven't played bingo before um but it's been really interesting to kind of like share our little bits and pieces and like get more time to get to know each other outside of softball so yeah no it's been really nice to have like real chats and because I haven't been on the squad for very long and I was away for a good part of six years like I didn't, I don't know everyone on that personal level and I'm a pretty different person to who I was when I was 18 and living back here in Australia then. So it's nice to reestablish and yeah, build that teamwork and like, I don't know, team vibe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And especially in the lead up to something that's going to be so important next year. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't want to harp on COVID because I know for everybody, it's a battle no matter who yeah. you are and where you are been hard um but let's look on the positive side of things and looking forward to the olympics Uh, what will it mean to you to be able to go to the olympics as a softballer
1: oh it's insane so watching the games like i remember when we got told we weren't going to be in the london games and i was devastated and then and i remember the day that we got told we were going to be in the games i was in college i was in the weight room and none of my college teammates understood what the olympics was like Right. Softball outside of America is not a thing in their brain. Like, it's America or nothing. So yeah. they didn't understand that I played softball in Australia and I've played in Europe and I've done this and that it's still a good softball over there. So they just couldn't... Like, let's do it. Like, it's going to be amazing. They're just like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to play college and then I'm done. Like, yeah. So... But no, no, that's so cool! Exciting.
0: And now let's talk about your job that you actually do because <laughs> you're a professional. Yeah, you're a professional softballer. But you've got to have something else to do, and you don't get the opportunity um, as female athletes often to be able to make it your number one career. So, what mm-hmm. do you do? Because we know you studied, but how do you fit in a full time job and being a professional athlete all at once?
1: With a lot of juggling and a lot of when I need to sleep, sleep. Um, which is not a lot. So I work with a company called Lango Rock. It's a construction company. So I'm an environmental coordinator, which means I take care of a lot of the approvals. So if there's any heritage or if there's any water that needs to leave the sites, like we do a lot of rail and like some buildings and some roads. So like literally I'm in like high vis most of the time and like steel cap, boots, hat, glasses, like the full shebang. So Yeah, so that's my day-to-day. This year was a pretty unique one. So with the fires that happened earlier in the year, obviously a lot of houses were burnt down and my company was fortunate enough to be able to help the local communities to demolish those houses. So we cleared 3,500 properties um, from February up until now, um, which was pretty humbling. We were able to use local contractors to do the works primarily and it gave money back into the economy that way and just to help people move on um to the next stage of grieving and getting through the impacts of those fires so I d- I've done a lot of driving this year so I was up north into Cessnock so Newcastle way and then out west to Nunes and Running Stream and then south to Bean and like and
0: Caves area so
1: again a lot of driving but it's been pretty cool
0: like, what do you do that's, doing your own little training session that you need to do before you get back to work?
1: Uh, there were a few times where I'd, I'd, I'd check what time the sun would come up
0: and I go, <laughs> okay,
1: cool. Sun's up at like like 6.45. Cool. I'll go down to my local field that had a cricket net. I get my swings in there, get in the car, drive, turn around, come back. That was like in the deep COVID days. And now it's, now it's more, I'm not on site as much anymore, but it's yeah, drive out to site, come back, train. But I could be driving. I still drive up to like six hours a day, and then train as well. So,
0: lot. You must have a very understanding employer too to allow you that flexibility when you need it.
1: Yeah, and I've kind of become one of the poster childs for it. And they really, they're really accepting of it. And I just go, hey, I have this today. Like today, I'm at work, but I've gone. Hey, I have a podcast. So. I'll just be out for a little while. And they're like, okay, cool. Um, But it's a lot of trust. So you've just gotta be, you've gotta make sure that you're doing the work when you say you're gonna do it. And
0: they like what I'm doing. So
1: it's a win-win for
0: everyone. Absolutely. I'm so excited just to see, you've got such a big smile on your face. You obviously love what you do. And I can't wait to see what happens next for you in softball, but also just in life, because you've got such a great positive attitude this is a bit of a question without notice, but what would you say to any young girl out there who is thinking about, I want to play sport. I'm not sure what sport to play. Why would you tell them to play softball?
1: Well, because it's the best sport out of any of them. Duh.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> it just gives you so many opportunities. So you, and it's for anybody's type. Like you can, I'm five three and most of my teammates are at least like five, six, five, eight. Some, some of our pitchers are over six foot. So it's for any body type and it doesn't discriminate. So I love it. And it takes you to so many places. I've played in, I think, six or seven countries like throughout Europe. I've, it means I get to go somewhere in Europe, travel around Europe and then go back. Like it just opens so many doors. And, and as soon as you start playing internationally as well, it's just the love of the game. Like it's such a vibe and it's such a passion that you we all just want to grow the game. So I love it.
0: Such a vibe. I love that word too. And I tell you who's got such a vibe, that's you and your Fury teammates from the SummerSlam. Yes. Hopefully we're going to see Fury, you lining up for Fury again in the 2021 version of SummerSlam. What do you love about SummerSlam?
1: Oh my God, it's just insane. I love it. So I think we were the first game the first year and it was like, so Kai's team versus Porter's team. And it was just so much fun. And you don't realise how exciting it is Until you're doing it, and it's only as exciting as you make it. So, and we were just like, we had Amanda Farmer, Meeks, like everyone on the team was just so excited to play, and it just made it, as I said, fun. I'm going to keep saying fun, but it was just awesome. Like, it just became so much more than, oh, it's a seven inning game, like, huge impact if we lose. Like, no, just go out there, do some crazy stuff, and like, keep playing. So, You didn't have time to think, you just did stuff, and it was awesome.
0: Well, I loved it too, and I just got to sit there and watch. I didn't even get to play it, but it looked like it was so much fun. Lots of dancing, lots of singing, lots of mucking around, and lots of serious softball at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) That's what people forget, because you guys take it pretty seriously.
1: Oh, yeah, we don't want to lose. Like. (laughs) (laughs)
0: thank you so much for joining us today Tali it's been awesome to hear your story but I think there's a lot that we can all learn from just how you've toughed it out what you've who you've surrounded yourself with and where you are right now in a position playing for the Travelodge Aussie spirit and being over hopefully fingers crossed over at the Olympics next year in 2021 so thank you so much and all the best for the next couple of months
1: Thanks for having me. It's been really nice to have a chat and kind of get out my story a little bit more.
0: See you at SummerSlam too. <laughs> See you there. <laughs>